Hello, bookworms. Welcome to The Best Book Ever, the podcast where we get to know interesting people by asking them about their favorite books. Quiet by Susan Cain is the deeply researched book about the power of introversion in a world that prizes the extrovert. Many of the great thinkers and innovators of our society have introverted natures, but they're often encouraged to overcome introversion through their lives as if it's some kind of character flaw instead of embracing it as a superpower. I'm your host, Julie Strauss, and today I'm talking to physician Rohit Marawar, who tells me that he is empowered by his introversion in his work, in his family, and in his life. This was such an illuminating conversation about why Quiet is the best book ever. Good morning, Rohit. Welcome to the Best Book Ever podcast. Thank you, Julie. It's great to be here, and I'm looking forward to talking about this book. There has to be a joke in here somewhere, right? What happens when two introverts talk about a book about introversion? <laughs> Are we just? Do you want to just sit here and read together? <laughs> <laughs> that 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 would be great, but I don't think uh, I, I don't know. What what do you think? Do, do you think introverts have a good sense of humor? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think introverts have the best sense of humor, to be honest, because they watch things. <laughs> yeah, m- my wife says that. My wife says I have a good sense of humor, but I, you know, I always say to her, you know, it's because you love me. I don't yeah. think I have a good sense of humor. <laughs> Can you tell me about the role that books play in your life in general? I used to be a voracious reader. I used to read uh, multiple books per week growing up. Uh, summer vacations uh, used to be amazing. Uh, you know, I would read like two books a day or something like that. Oh my uh, gosh. Uh, like back in back back in school, uh, you know, that's that's a very fond memory I have of uh, about reading. Uh, but I think as as uh, I've gotten older, I've read read less and less books. Unfortunately, I think uh, uh, distractions are everywhere. Uh, obviously, including more responsibilities and work and and those kind of things. But uh, I would definitely like to read more than what I'm reading right now. Where do your interests lie in general? Are you a fiction reader, or do you tend to stick with nonfiction? I think I used to be pretty much hundred percent fiction reader as I was younger, but probably starting in my mid mid twenties to early thirties, probably I think I would say. Uh, I have almost completely switched to nonfiction at this point. Um, so uh, I hardly read any fiction books. Really? Is it yeah. work-related? It's more along the line of uh, self, self-help, self uh, productivity, a um, little bit about, uh, let's say, neuroscience or brain, which is my area of expertise. Uh, but it's more, I, I would say it's more about, more about self-help than anything else. How did you find this particular book, the one we're talking about today, Quiet by Susan Cain? Do you remember when you first came across this one? Uh, So I don't exactly remember when or how I found this book, but I have a very vivid memory of uh, just being completely engrossed in this book um, back in 2013-14. So I was was, uh, using the audiobook. And uh, I had a very long commute around uh, an hour each way at that time. So, uh, you know, listening to this book was absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it completely changed the way how I uh, uh, see myself and how I perceive the world around me. Uh, it, it probably single-handedly has uh, been 
uh, a book or an item or you know an, an object that has kind of changed me uh, completely you know it's so interesting you say that i actually have that down here in my notes um because i think the phrase life changing is thrown around willy-nilly yes, yes you know, absolutely i drank a life-changing frappuccino yesterday i got a life <laughs> i got a life-changing pair of jeans you know and i do it too <laughs> but this is yeah this is a book that for me that is not an exaggeration this book changed my life and yes i have spoken to so many people over the years who said i read that book and it changed everything and it's I've never I don't know yes. any other books like that that people have that reaction where they they say I understand now. And I think I think we should be thankful to Susan Cain for writing this book. I think all yes. of us. <laughs> tell tell our listeners what it is about. Quiet. So Quiet by Susan Cain it's it's about uh in some ways it's about the author uh because she highlights how she was as an introverted individual in personal and professional life but along the way she uh provides a lot of scientific evidence about what introversion is as well as what extroversion is how it relates to each uh, how they relate to each other and uh you know and uh, and also a lot of uh, real life examples of introverted people and how they uh you know i, I don't like to word, you use the word overcame because when you say overcame something it, it means that it was a disability or something like that right but uh but let's just say how how they overcame for lack of a better word how they overcame uh whatever problems they had because of introversion and then she also offers some practical advice uh for introverted people uh for uh, a uh, for introverted and extroverted couples uh and uh, and i think it 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 uh, and and the advice uh, that she provides are i think are very practical and very actionable uh so it it's you know the way it's kind of structured also i i love the way it's structured you know it's it's like the first uh, first one third is about you know what it means to be an introvert uh and how society has kind of put a negative uh, connotation on uh, on the word introversion on the word shyness uh the the middle third is all about the scientific uh, evidence uh and the progress that has been made in understanding uh personalities better including extro introversion and extroversion and then the i think the the last third provides more uh, practical advice uh so i love the way it's it's, it's structured uh and you know uh, as as i've been kind of listening to the book and reading the book again in preparation for this podcast you know uh i realized that so many of uh, what i do now I probably got it from the book uh you know because it's been it's been 10 almost 10 years that I uh, that I've read the book and I never kind of visited it again until until recently and the the only thing that kind of uh, uh stuck for me is that uh introversion is physiological it's not pathological it's different it's not abnormal can you tell me the difference between those two words physiological and pathological so physiology is is our normal 
you know it's a it's a normal uh, functioning it's a normal uh, body and system processes it's a okay. normal biology it's how it's how things function normally that's that's physiology okay and obviously pathology is a, uh, a lack of physiology it's 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 something that's abnormal uh it's it's a so pathology any disease is a pathology any uh, uh you know any even any men- mental disorder is a pathology so it's it's abnormal but introversion uh is not a pathology it's just a different personality and uh so you know i, I love to, i mean i shouldn't say i love to say this but this is kind of my favorite you know thing that i think about is that it's physiological not pathological yes when i was growing up i thought there was something wrong with me for the way i was did you have that feeling as well yes absolutely yeah this book gave me the realization that it's not wrong it's just how i am and living in a exactly. world that is not built for this and you know what happens i absolutely felt that i absolutely felt that uh, there is something wrong with me mm-hmm. and uh, society does not do a very good job of of uh, making people feel normal if they are introverts right so because our 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 ideal is extroversion or extroverted individual someone who likes to go out likes to talk a lot uh, likes to make lots of new friends so uh, growing up you know you know people would you know they, they they didn't mean any harm but people would just you know casually say oh you know uh, rohit doesn't talk that much or <laughs> he doesn't uh, he's shy or you know he likes to be with himself you know he likes to close the door of mm-hmm. the, of his uh, room when he's studying uh but you know uh, at that point i associated all of this with just being shy you know because that i did not know the word introvert right you mm, know right. uh it's it, that that is something that that came into my vocabulary much later in life so i just assumed i was shy but even you know that felt abnormal or uh, it felt that there was something lacking in me uh it felt like i'm not i'm not uh, you know who i'm supposed to be and this is this is something that's kind of unacceptable to the outside world mm. uh so you're absolutely right it 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 did change my uh, own perception in me i definitely became I, i first of all i accepted who i am and i think any uh, any path to uh, change or improvement starts there right for accepting who you are and what you are and uh, and i think once i i accepted that that uh, you know this is this is who i am i'm i'm a little bit different but that's okay and and there are a lot of people who are like me it's just that because all of them are probably by themselves we don't come <laughs> yes. across them as much <laughs> yes <laughs> so so uh, you know so you know i i don't remember the statistic in the book but probably you know like 30 to 40% of the people are introverts and that's a huge number i mean you know mm-hmm. they, they would identify themselves as introverts that's a lot of people uh So yeah so it definitely changed how I thought about myself uh, and once I uh, once I uh, uh, made peace with that uh, I was then able to focus on what I needed to do in both my personal and professional life to uh, you know to, uh, to 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 survive and to thrive uh, and you know I think uh, at, at that point uh, when I when I first read the book is I think we were a couple of years into our marriage. Uh, 
uh, and as I said, my wife is at probably falls more along the extroversion spectrum. And uh, uh, so ours was an arranged marriage, uh, and it was uh, you know it's it's so we knew each other, but we didn't really know each other you know very well. And she was in India, and I was in US uh, during the time that we were talking uh, and you know kind of uh, dating, I would say. Uh, so it was a uh, I think for her it took a little bit of time to. Uh, really understand that you know why at the end of a busy day i'm not communicating with her i was wiped out i was exhausted i did not have the i did not have the bandwidth to make conversations and i think uh, but once i found this book i you know i gave this book to her and i was like you should listen to this you really need to listen to this and and she did and she and 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 it it was amazing because you know she's she's like the most supportive uh, wife i could imagine she she knows she knows when i am when you know when I, when there are people around or i'm overwhelmed uh, by all the stimuli she know she realizes it and she's like okay go go take a break uh, <laughs> you know I, I, I got this uh-huh. <laughs> so it's it's not only been helpful for me but you know it's it's something that and then I can give to my loved ones to um, and, and tell them look you know this is this is exactly what I feel you know and so uh, so it helps them also um, you know uh, deal with me in a better way I guess <laughs> I was thinking about it a lot as I was reading this, thinking about you as a physician. And I was thinking about um, how physicians are always presented to us in the media. And, you know, you see them, uh, you know, you watch these shows and they're all running around screaming, CBC Chem 7, you know, and all that. (laughs) You know, I don't I don't know what any of that means, but they're always really um, aggressive. What is it like to to be a physician and to be the type of person who needs to absorb and who needs to think and make decisions without yeah. without being that screaming aggressive person in the ER that we right. see on TV? Like, do your yeah do your do you have to explain yourself to your patients and say, "I need a minute to think"? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so, uh, but. I'm sure that sometimes I come across as uh, as, as as if I'm not paying attention mm-hmm. or as if I don't care uh, because you know it's it's uh, it's a lot of uh, you know you are you, it's a lot of stimulus right you are you are listening yes. to what they're saying you're processing in your head what what this uh, what this condition might be or what they might be going through and then at the same time you are you're thinking about what needs to be done so while this might come naturally to you know to many people, for introverts, I think it's a little bit more difficult. In some sense, you know, I'm lucky that I'm a neurologist uh, because I, we do, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, kind of pondering, a lot of uh, thinking uh, in neurology, which is good. Uh, but all, what is not good is, as, as I described, is we have to talk a lot with strangers or with patients yeah. to get information. So, uh, you know, if I had if I had probably understood myself better, I might not have chosen neurology as a specialty. 
Really? <laughs> because it does, it does. Yeah, well, it does, it does involve talking a lot and asking a lot of questions. It's, 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 uh, it can be, it can be, it can be tired. It, it can make you feel tired. It can make you feel exhausted. Uh, but I, I'm lucky that I am in academic practice now. So I change, I transitioned from private practice to academic practice around five years ago. I can focus on research. I can focus on administration teaching so uh, academic practice in that sense has been much much more fulfilling and much better for my overall uh, you know overall kind of health i guess because the other thing it seems to me is the emotion is also a big stimulus and a lot of times well maybe all the time when people are seeing a doctor they're usually afraid Particularly, I would think when they're seeing a neurologist. That is, a, yeah. So uh, you're right. Uh, you know, after you have um, gotten all the information you need from the patient, then it's your job to counsel them, explain them what's going on, what are the what are the treatment options, what is the short term outcome, long term outcome. You know, it's very fulfilling. It's very rewarding, but it can be exhausting also. Uh, but then the non clinical days where I'm not seeing patients, they they offer a regenerative break for me they i you know now now i can i can get refreshed and you know i can go back to seeing patients and i think that that helps me improve patient care also because i'm not tired all the time then i like that word regenerative that's a perfect description of it with you know when when i go in my room and shut the door i'm not being yeah. rude i am truly filling up again so that i can deal otherwise yeah. i can't cope with everything that goes on yeah, in my exactly. house. Exactly. So even for my, you know, even for my study, my room is, my door is always closed. And again, you know, some people might think that I, you know, some people might think I'm doing important work and I, and uh, <laughs> I shouldn't be disturbed. But it's more for me. It's yes. like you know, I, I need that break from everything else, as you said. I sometimes wonder if my book life is a way for me to disassociate from the stress. I, I do sometimes think, or I, I mm. think it's. 99.9% a very helpful thing in my life. But sometimes I think you are just trying to disconnect from everything. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, uh, that's okay, right? I mean, you know, if you completely fine, yeah, you make you make certain choices in life based on your personality based on who you are. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it might be but that's a that's a good thing. I mean, you, you found probably found a uh, hobby or a, a sidekick that works perfectly for you. Tell me about it in terms of parenting. Now that you understand your introversion, has it changed your parenting life? I pick up signs that other people might not in my son. So I, I see that he is, uh, you know, what uh, Susan Cain uh, refers to as high reactive. Mm -hmm. uh, like he 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 gets easily uh, scared or overwhelmed by a lot of people. He's very social. If you talk one on one with him, he's like so charming and. Uh, you know, he will ask you questions, he will interact with you. But when he goes, when when you introduce him to a group of people, he gets very overwhelmed. A parent who is not an introvert might not understand that or might think that he is scared. But I don't think it's, it's he's scared. I think it's, it's a stimulus that he cannot handle at this point. Uh, if my son does become an introvert, I'm definitely never going to admonish him for not talking to a group of people or not, you know, or, you know, or being quote unquote shy, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, I think, I think uh, uh, the book has definitely given me enough uh, 
information, knowledge, and uh, skill to recognize what you know what I should be doing as a parent. Is this a book that's regarded in the yeah. medical community as an authoritative book? I don't really know, to be honest. I've never uh, openly discussed the book uh, with uh, my colleagues or peers, so I, I, I have no idea. But personally, I like that it is well researched. I like yes. that it is somewhat, you know, scientifically dense. Uh, because what happens is, I think most of the, as you as you can, uh, as as you will attest to, probably is that most of the uh, nonfiction books uh, they are based on a kind of a single idea. And then they kind of hammer the same idea over and over again for 300 pages, uh, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the ideas and principles in social sciences they are not necessarily backed by science; they are backed by uh, anecdotes or case studies, uh, and so it's 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 very difficult to uh, to extract what these social studies, uh, social study-based books have and apply to your own life Uh, because uh, because they are just, you know, they're just some, they are just uh, describing a case study or or some kind of anecdote. Uh, But when it is as scientifically uh, researched as this book is, you know, I feel a certain degree of confidence in what this book tells me. Uh, I don't feel that amount of confidence in other books, which yeah. are not as scientifically dense. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, uh, and I, I think the good, also the other thing is, as you go along this, as you keep on reading this book, there is there are new ideas on pretty much every page. Uh, it, it, it gradually kind of uh, uh, holds your hand and guides you through the different aspects of introversion uh, rather than uh, the other books, which, you know, which could have been, uh, which some books can just be a blog post. They don't need to be books, you know, (laughs) they they just keep on going on and on on about, you know, about something. Uh, So, uh, so, but I, I, you know, you you can't say the same thing about this book. Uh, So I think, I think that I really like that, you know, in, in, in digital writing, they say, you know, you should you should be very specific in your writing. You should write for one per- person, mm-hmm. and and then if you, when you write for one person, it will apply to many. Mm-hmm. And you know that is what I felt, and I'm sure probably you felt too. Is that when I read this book, it felt as if this book was written for me. Yes, as if uh, Susan wrote this book just for me. You know, it it and and I think that's that's kind of one of the uh, you know greatness of this book. For me, it came. I have a really vivid memory of this book because it came after we attended a party, my husband and kids and I, and Mm -hmm. the party went long. It was a lunch and it went long and toward the evening, more people showed up and someone said, let's order pizzas. And the hostess got really excited. Like, oh my gosh, it's now going to be a dinner. Let's do movies. And she was thrilled and she got really almost hyper. And I, I said, I have to go home. And I and she kind of made me feel bad. Like, Why aren't you staying? We're having such a great time. And I went, I we are having a great time, but I'm I'm about to collapse. And then on the drive home, <laughs> really, and on the drive home, I started crying because I started telling myself that story in my head. Why am I not like her? I bet my husband wants a wife yeah. like her who can keep a party mm-hmm. going. And I bet my kids wish I was like her. And and 
I just had this feeling of I'm weird and I'm, I'm not right. You know what I mean? And then the next day I read an article by Susan Cain in Oprah magazine. And I went, Oh my Mm. gosh, this is me. This is why I started crying after being at a party for six (laughs) hours, which is too long for a party. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Nobody needs to party for six hours. That's too long. And it, (laughs) so it was a really weird confluence of events where I, I had a really tough time because my introversion was made to feel strange, made me feel strange. And then I, if I had read this right. book one day earlier, I would have been able to say, nope, I've reached my max. It's okay. I'm not weird. Yes, just... exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It does have that exact effect. And I have talked to many people who said the same thing that I read yeah. this and, and I thought she was talking to me exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just knowing and understanding that builds up your confidence, right? Yes. I mean, you, you don't You don't feel insecure. You don't feel... Uh, unworthy you don't feel as if you're lacking something it just you know you're you just go okay that's that, that's okay in this that, that is just me let's uh let's move on to something else <laughs> because i think that until this book really became a cultural conversation yeah. we did not have a language for that in this culture and we have a no. culture that is very much built around six hour parties <laughs> yeah which yeah. is insanity. Yeah. Even, even, yeah, yeah. I mean, even when I, you know, I grew up in India, and even, even the culture there is is similar. You know, is you have to be, uh, you have to be extroverted to be mm. considered, you know, successful or you know, a role model or you know, however you would like to call it. Uh, but you know, and even now looking back, I mean, I can, I, I see so many of my family friends and. People I knew, friends, and you know, uh, who I thought that they were shy, but now I realize they were just introverted. They were just like introverted, like me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a but you don't you don't make that connection when you are younger. You just don't you know you don't you don't know about these things. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, so you know, I mean, yeah. I think looking back, I mean, so many things I would have done differently if I knew. Um, what this is and how to how to deal with it. Yeah. I wonder if there are any cultures that value introversion or quietness. I don't know. I, it seems like maybe a Scandinavian country. I was yeah. trying to think. I think uh, Finnish, uh, Finland. <laughs> yes. So Finland. Yeah, you're right. Finland. Finnish so. people are uh, extraordinarily uh, introverted. Uh, but even uh, like Susan Cain mentions in this book, right? I think there's a couple of chapters about. Uh, uh, Asian introversion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 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 like East Asian, so like China, Japan, uh, I think these countries are, uh, uh, you know, they or they hold introversion to a, uh, they consider introversion as a standard. They don't mm-hmm. consider extroversion as a standard. So, introverted children are the ideal children not extroverted children so i think there there are some cultures i, I don't know you know uh, maybe things are changing now because western influence is everywhere so i don't know if that has changed so tell me rohit what are you reading these days what's on your nightstand well my bookcase has a lot of books that i haven't read it's my entire library <laughs> so <laughs> i think i think for the last month i've been reading just uh, i've been just reading this 
I'm right. I'm reading the art and business of online writing. So that is something that I want to get into online writing. So mm-hmm. I'm reading that. That feels like a very introvert tendency to read about it before you do it. Yeah, you're right. Right. You have to you have to research everything before you do it. Uh, <laughs> this is a really good book that I'm I'm currently reading. It's called The Code Breaker uh, by Walter Isaacson. So uh, you know Walter Isaacson is the guy who wrote. Uh, um Steve Jobs biography. Oh, okay. Uh, so the code break yeah, the code breaker is about uh uh it's about Jennifer Doudna. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name right, but she is a uh genetic researcher at Berkeley University and she she's the one who she and a, a few others have have developed this CRISPR technology uh that is changing uh, changing a lot of ch- changing a lot of things about uh, genetic diseases and how uh, how we can treat them better. He's a very good writer. I think he's written other biographies. If I'm not wrong, maybe Benjamin Franklin's biography. Um, so he's he's he's, uh, he's very good at biographies. Oh, this book uh, uh, that uh, that I finished reading maybe a couple of months ago, and if you haven't, you should. Is story worthy? Have you heard of this book? No, what is it? By Story Worthy by Matthew Dix. Uh, um, you know about the moth? The moth is a uh, uh, oral storytelling um, concept. Yes. Uh, you know, they, they go to different cities and, and they, they, you know, they pull out the name of one, uh, name of the audience from a hat and, you have to just uh, go and speak at an open mic, uh, and there's a theme to each session. Uh, so Matthew Dix is their kind of multi, uh, you know, he's, he has won the national championship like many, many times or something like that. But it's a wonderful book if you love telling stories, if you if you love writing stories, if you love telling stories, and not stories when I say like, you know, like, um, you know, like, uh writing like fiction books or something like that. But even if you like telling dinner table stories, if you uh, like uh, addressing a group of people with an interesting conversation, uh, this is a really nice book that tells you how to construct a story. What are the things a story should have? Uh, how to start a story, how to end a story. Uh, what are the different components of a story? It's a wonderful book. I mean, I think any everyone should read it because we, in our daily life, we tell stories all the time, right? So, uh, uh, you know, we've been talking about stories. That's all we've been talking about, right, for mm-hmm. the past hour. Uh, but it's this is a wonderful book that is, I think, everyone should be reading. Story Worthy by Matthew Dix. What else? You want to hear more books? Of course uh, I do. I always want to hear more books. Okay. Okay. Uh, this I haven't finished reading. It's uh, it's a little bit dense for me, but uh, I want to finish it. Is is cast uh, Isabel Wilkerson? Yeah, yeah. That's really fascinating because you know, uh, obviously, you know, we think about uh, racism. You know, that's that's we talk about it all the time. It's it's a, it's a big uh, thing at this point, obviously, as it should be. Uh, but even growing up, you know, in India, we have casteism. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the equivalent of racism that we have in in U.S. Uh, and, uh, you know, she equates the two. She's like, you know, that's just the same thing by, uh, you know, you've, you know, we've given different names to the same uh, prejudice, uh, sorry, prejudice uh, that we have. Uh, 
you know so in india caste casteism is 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 uh, fairly significant um, as racism is in us and i think that that was a, so she uh, she she narrates the stories of uh, casteism in india racism in in us how they are similar uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a fascinating read it's a little bit it's a pretty long it's a, it's a pretty long book uh, and it it takes uh, it's a little bit dense but that is something that i want to finish it's it's very interesting it feels like it's something that you would have a real insight into having lived in both cultures you can really see it very clearly yes. i would think yeah 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 and i think you know uh, probably uh, people in india would be offended by saying that racism and casteism is the same thing so uh, but you know it's uh, you know um, or people in us would disagree that casteism is not the same uh, as racism uh, so you know but i think it's it it i think the way she presents it makes sense it's they are you know they are kind of two sides of the same coin it's it's, it's a different tag it's a different name that we've given to discriminate certain people Oh, this has been so interesting talking to you. I'm so thrilled you joined me. Will you share with my listeners where they can find you on any social media? Yeah. Uh, so the only social media I'm kind of active on is Twitter. Uh, and uh, my Twitter handle is at Rohit Marawar. That's my first name, first name and last name. So at R-O-H-I-T-M-A-R-A-W-A-R. Uh, so probably that's the best way to find me. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. This has really been a delight talking to you. And I want to thank you for bringing me back to this book, which is just such an amazing book. Whether yes. you are introverted or not, maybe, I don't know. I have a feeling people who are interested in books and the reading life, I, I would guess a majority of my listeners are maybe introverts. I don't know. I'd be so curious to know. Uh yeah, I don't know, but you know, even if you're not introverted, I'm sure you have an introverted person in your life. So you do, yeah. So re- read it for them; uh, they would they would appreciate it very, very much. I agree. I agree. All right, this has been great. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me. This has been fun, and this has been great, and and it gave me the opportunity to talk about something that I feel passionate about, and go an opportunity to go back and read. Uh, a book that you know as we said has been life changing bookworms i think readers are often automatically sorted into the category of introverted or shy people but just like with most other personality classifications i don't think it's entirely true at least it's not 100% of the story what's your experience are you one or the other have you read quiet I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Let me know on Instagram at Best Book Ever Podcast. I really look forward to hearing what you think. Remember, you can find links to all the books we discussed in the show notes or at my website, bestbookeverpodcast.com. And if you have a book you want to tell me about, click on the Be a Guest button on my website or Instagram bio so we can chat. Thank you for joining me today, and I will see you at the library. <laughs>